I want to use it because I really love that, like, the friend that cares about your growth more than your feelings. Yeah, that, that, that was, was it. Word. That was a word. That's a line. Yeah, I'm going to use that all the time. Someone actually that's said, I had someone help me write my mission statement. She, that's what she wrote about me. She was like, your friend that cares about your growth more than your feelings. You should say that. That's, yeah. that's your friend. Yeah. All right, stand by. It's your girl, Ask Kadi, the voice of reason. It's an advice show covering all kinds of topics that millennials face. That's my girl, Kadi C, the friend that cares more about your growth than your feelings. All right. I want to welcome you guys back to another episode of The Voice of Reason. Of course, um, I have me, myself, the host, but I am recording from a new studio. As you can see, I'm back in the studio for all of you guys who listen for season three. I think I recorded last year. I wasn't in the studio. I just had specifically audio. And that's because I was recording from my house with the pandemic and COVID. And you guys were still tuning in. You guys were still listening. But now I'm back in a brand new studio with a great team who's not on camera. They're actually behind the scenes, but they'll be joining me in this episode as co-hosts if they're not feeling too shy. Um, before I even get into what we're going to discuss today, I do want to talk about the transition of this podcast because you guys have been with me throughout the entire journey you started off with me as a broke college grad. I graduated and didn't have a job in media, so I decided to start this brand, and it honestly stuck with me throughout my overall journey of life. I went through getting my first career in media, to becoming a mom, to becoming unemployed, to becoming depressed, and everything, and you guys stuck it out with me. So now I'm going through a different kind of transition. It's still going to be the voice of reason, but I'm changing the title to Ask Kadi. The voice of reason. Sorry, we got people playing in the background. Um, I'm changing it to Ask Hadi the voice of reason. Um, why? Because, as you know, I struggle with consistency with this podcast because I always felt like it was going different directions and I didn't really know what direction I wanted to stick to. But I decided I want this to be a platform where you can come and get the answers to life's everyday questions in the most honest, straightforward way. Because as you know, like I always say, I'm the friend that cares about your growth more than your feelings. So I'm going to give it to you real. I'm going to give it to you straight. So I don't consider myself an expert in everything. So some of my guest hosts are going to be people who are experts in a lot of the questions that I, I've seen you guys ask me when I started this brand, when I used to do the baby Oprah questions, um, whether it be relationships, whether it be professional questions, spirituality. And um, sometimes I'll have you guys join in. I'll have my whole little Zoom screen. So as you guys can hear, I'm a little sick. I don't have covid but to be safe, that's why we're going to have you guys join in through Zoom. So I definitely look forward to that. And um, I just want to be more interactive. I had some of the greatest guests on the show, and I definitely st still expect to have great guests. But you guys are like my favorite guests, the listeners. So I want you guys to be able to join in on the episodes and discuss these everyday topics that we're going to talk about. Now, speaking of this, I was battling with what I wanted to talk about this first episode coming back. I think this is season four, season five. Don't quote me yet. I have to count it up and break it down. But um, the nine to five versus the dream job. Because honestly, it's a battle that I went through after, like, well, once the pandemic hit, we talked about it last season. I got laid off. I was working at Nickelodeon. I got laid off like many people due to the pandemic. And I honestly was stuck in a phase of, okay, not just, oh, what job am I going to get next? What do I want to do next? Like, I felt like I, the pandemic came in and really changed, like, 
what we used to look at as the norm, which was just working, 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 and like tying our identity and our life's purpose to just money or to making a living. And I honestly was just kind of over that and just seeing like how people were quickly losing their lives and just being stuck in the house. It really just changed my perspective on a lot of things. And um, I'm finally like back working, back in media. Shout out to Stitcher, shout out to Sirius XM. And um, I really realized a big disadvantage we have, mainly as millennials. You guys know I'm a millennial. I don't feel like Gen Z have this problem. Gen Z actually came in and solved this problem. And what they taught us was there's no such thing as the nine to five versus your dream job. That's our biggest disadvantage, thinking that you have to choose one or the other. In my opinion, a job was designed by man. Passion was designed by God. There's no comparing the two. We need both, actually. It's like asking if you're diagnosed with cancer, should I go to the doctor or should I pray? Both. <laughs> so when it comes to like the nine to five or getting a job, as humans, when you're on earth, we need money to live. We need money to feed ourselves. We need money to feed our families. So that's just something that man has created to make society evolve. Your passion is not a job. It does not need to be a job. It does not need to be something that you make money off of, off of is great if you can do both. I know that's the goal of many, but honestly, a lot of times some people lose sight of their passion when they start making money off of it. So that shouldn't always be your ultimate goal. So I had a lot of people reach out to me because if you follow me on social media, you've seen me go through so many career changes. I try to follow and share and be transparent as much as possible of what's going on in my life. And I went from Joint working in media because it's like I want to get my foot in the door and I want to like you know this is going to be my big break so I work for companies like BET to just really flourish in my own brand with this podcast and still balancing the nine to five and I've learned that I really wasted a lot of my early years skipping over opportunities because it didn't look like my passion but wasting my time and wasting resources, like being at a job and possibly being able to get a promotion, but like, oh, this is not my passion, so I don't care, but I'm here 40 hours a week, and I'm not finding a way to kind of tie my passion into it and really just live. Like, like the time is going, regardless if you're making money, you're working your passion. It's so many ways to get what you need to get out of life. Now, I say this to say, um, one question I had somebody pose to me was, I want to quit my nine to five because I want to follow my dreams. That's like everyone's life a story. That's everyone's goal. You want to quit your job and you want to be able to work in your passion. And I realized the common mistake, I actually told this person, the common mistake we make, something I've made is we live, we work in our nine to five and splurge like it's our dream job. There's no reason why you should be trying to buy your dream car off of a job you claim you don't want to stay at. There's no reason why you should be in debt with an income that you're trying to escape from because that's where we honestly get stuck. We get stuck at jobs or situations that we don't like because we're in a, we put ourselves in a circumstance where our necessities are dependent on it. And that's the biggest mistake we make. We are, not everyone, everyone don't got that rich daddy. Everybody didn't come from Trump. 
Like myself, you have to, I had to pay my way through college. I had to pay my way through life. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't have the situation where I can expect my parents to uh, loan me, what did Trump say? Loan me a, a couple, a hundred thousand dollars his dad or a million dollars his dad loaned him. Like it was nothing. I ain't got that type of situation. And um, I was in a situation where I was in an extremely toxic work environment. I've never experienced that in my life. And it was for a very good company that I didn't think I would experience that in. And it was to the point where I was literally sick to my stomach coming to work, like sick. Sunday nights going through like, you know that feeling when you really hate your job, you feel like Sunday you just are automatically start getting anxiety because you know you got work on Monday. And it's not just that I don't like work because I'm tired. It's like literally, literally this place makes me sick, sick to my stomach. So I was in that type of situation. And of course, what you do is you start trying to apply for jobs. But at the time, that was the most money I've ever made at that point in my career. And guess what? My bills revolved around it. I had a car note, had rent, had a kid. The more money I made, the more, more bills I accumulated. How do I get to that type of situation? How do we put ourselves in that? I have no idea. But every time I was like, oh, I got a better paying job. It was like, oh, I got better owing bills, <laughs> like more debt. So um, I was in that type of situation, but I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like the director hated me. Like you can tell she hated me. I felt like what people say elementary school should feel like when you have that bully and everyone hates you and you're trying to make friends. I've never felt that in my life. I felt that at my big age. I was 28, 28, 29 at this job. And I felt like I was going to an elementary school where I was big and bullied and I had no one to help me. Like literally, not even HR because it, it got to that point. But um, when I was applying for jobs within the company, because it's a huge company and I knew the issue was that department. I had someone reach out to me. Um, this company was like a radio station. So it was like, oh, my big break. Like, I got this job. It's going to be my big break. But where I was working was like the sales department. So it was like, all right, this is going to be my foot in the door. And I'm going to try to figure out how to navigate to the creative side of things. And um, they reached out. The job reached out to me um, when I applied within the company. They were like, we were looking at your resume. But it's one issue. This job, it was going to be for a very popular hip-hop station within a company, and it was for me to be a program coordinator. So that's the best way to become, like, the host, right-hand man, and hopefully one day swindle your way in there. I'll be working with celebrities and all that good stuff. And she was like, but this is part-time. And right now I see you work within a company, and you have a full-time salary position. Are you, like, prepared to take, like, that decrease and as much as I wanted to say, heck yeah, like, I could care less about the car. I could care less about, I don't care if I got to eat pe peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of my life. In reality, I was not ready because I created so much debt where I was, at this job that I hated, I was living it like it was like the rest of, like it was the job I wanted to stay at for the rest of my life. So wait, what's the joke? You guys don't want to talk. But yeah, um, they're laughing. Yeah, the scenes. <laughs> oh, Greg's. Oh, it's okay. I don't hear it. Um, but yeah, so I was working at. Uh, so I couldn't take the job, and honestly, that was a huge blow. And I say this is the common mistake we make when it comes to the question: How do I quit my nine to five and go to my dream job? The transition is never like I, life. I've learned doesn't always go like gradually up. It's a freaking roller coaster. 
You're going to go through dips. You're going to climb back up. You're going to dip again. And sometimes your dream your dream job or pursuing your passion might not start off with you just going from working a nine to five. Then I got rich doing this dream job or starting this business. It doesn't work like that. And you have to put yourself in position to prepare for any opportunity that's going to get you to where you need to be. So I say that to a lot of people who are trying to make that transition is like, what exactly are you trying to do? Because in this age of social media, y'all all, y'all, we see the glamour and we want to follow and emulate a lot of the social media celebrities or rich people that we see. And they don't really show the downside of things. They don't show themselves sleeping on people's couches. They don't show them their credit score. They don't show how much debt they're in. And you have to be real about your situation. Me not taking that opportunity for that salary decrease is one, I became a mom. I'm no longer, I wasn't like the college student that was like, I'm good with being broke and starving. Am I going to be good with my child starving? Because now we're going from this income to that income? No. Like your passion is not like some people, we like the rag to riches stories of people sleeping in, uh, on trains and being homeless and then they became rich. We like those stories, but that's not everyone's story. And what might have been easy for someone to, like a situation that worked out for someone else can really be something that be your biggest downfall. So once again, really knowing what it is that we want to do and putting, creating a situation where we're able to transition, especially financially. I cannot stress that enough. The more you owe, the more you're stuck at the job that you hate. If you are using the, you know, everyone says this narrative. I'm just at this job to like, you know, save up until I get to my next job. And it's like, you ain't saving or you're not, at, um, you're not saving. You're not like, you know, you're not in a place where you're really investing the money into what you're trying to do. You out here spending hundred, two hundred dollars a weekend clubbing. Like that's what I was doing. Like depressed at my job, but had a couple hundred every weekend to splurge with friends or even traveling. Like I love to travel. But going in debt or spending uh, all your money on a flight, knowing, never knowing that your opportunity or your big break might be coming and might need those finances is something that's going to really like hold you back from following that dream that you say you want to follow. Um, another thing with the nine to five and following your passion, a lot of people ask, what is my passion? How do I find my passion? And I always say your passion is not lost. <laughs> you don't find your passion. It literally is the only thing that's born with you. It's like your inner twin. It's something that God gives you as a compass, as a source to navigate through life. Your passion is not something that's always, it's not just about it getting you money. It's going to be the thing that brings you the right people in your life. It's going to be the thing that saves you from life or death situations. It's going to be that thing that, that helps you in traumatic family situations. Like you're, it's your it. It's your it factor. It's what God gave you as a source. Like almost like with every animal, like God gave the giraffe a long neck so they can eat off of trees. Uh, cheetahs run really fast so they could catch their prey. As humans, we all have a it that God gave us that's going to be the thing that saves us and that pushes us forward in this journey of life. So feeling like your passion is like, this job title or this thing that you have to create to like to be some no it's already in you and it's something that's very simple like I came up with this thing I realized like there's only five passions in life 
that people, everyone in the world can fall under. It's to love, it's to teach, it's to heal, it's to, um, those the three. See, I should have wrote these down because I had it. So it was, what did I say? To heal, to teach, to love, to create, and it's one more thing. Oh, okay, I do remember the last one. It's to help. So the five passions that you can fall under is to heal, to love, to create, to teach, or to help. So if you think of a helper, someone whose passion is to help could be like a manager. Someone who's actually good at coming in and literally looking at someone and helping them get to point B. You have someone who can teach. You'll think obviously a teacher, but there's so many people. There's like pastors. There's someone who can take, a, anyone can take a Bible, take a Quran and understand it. But can you repeat it back to someone else to get it? That's a natural passion. Someone who can teach. Then you have to create. You think of the Beyonce's of the world. You think of the Jay-Z's. And it's not that someone just has a natural voice or can naturally dance. It's someone that can literally create. Even if you think of an architect, you're literally creating a production or creating, putting a bunch of steps together and turning it into something bigger. That's a passion because it takes a point, a part of your mind that you have to use to already have the vision to bring it to life. Then you have to love. You can think of people like vets. You have doctors. You have caregivers. You just have regular human beings. Like I'm tying it to jobs, but there's people who you might walk into uh, your job and the job title is not to love, but this person makes you feel like you're working with your mom or you have that boss that feels like that grandma you never had. Or when you go into the doctor's office, I actually had a, a, a moment where my doctor, I kept her because she reminds me of a grandmother I, I never had. I never got a chance to meet my grandmother. But I, I know if I ever could feel like what a grandma feels like, it's my doctor. And it's literally within those 30 minutes where we meet each other, she just have this loving nature about her. And to heal, you can think of doctors, you can think about holistic people, or you can think about that friend that you always come to for advice to pick you up, that one person that you always need to pick you up. And that is their natural passion to heal. So I promise you, I don't know, I don't care who you are in the world or who it is, your passion falls under those five umbrellas because I truly believe those five things is what's needed to make the world go around. So I think God was very intentional in giving every person one part of that to kind of help us all coexist on this earth and push each other forward. And I didn't realize until I turned 30, my my growth in life was never gradual. It was just like, yo, you know how people suffer when we suffer from imposter syndrome, we feel like, oh. Like, I don't deserve this. Like, I'm I'm faking. Like, I got a promotion. I mentioned it on social media the other day, and I was only been working at my job for eight months. And it's so crazy because the week before that, I was, like, having a kiki with my coworkers. Like, we meet up on Zoom, and we just talk about work drama because that's what black folks do. And um, I was so they were talking about promotions. And I'm like, you know, I'm new, so I'm not going to join this promotion conversation. But I do expect to be promoted by... This amount of time, because now my mindset, like I've been saying, now that I've separated nine to five from passion, I'm working in podcasting, but I'm not doing something that is necessarily my passion. But I've learned that financially, when I'm in a better situation, I can pursue the things that I want to do. So I'm like, if I'm going to be working at a job, I'm going to figure out how to make more money while I'm at this job because I ain't got that Trump daddy. So I was telling my uh, coworker, like, yeah, I'm a, I need to get promoted by next year because if not... I'm going to start looking outside because I know there's other companies that will pay me more. 
So she was like, you know, I understand. But she was like, I don't want you to set your hopes up. It takes like three years, four years. And she wasn't hating. She was honestly telling the truth. She's been there for seven years. She's seen how long it's taken people to get promoted. She's seen like the whole narrative play, play out. So I was just like, okay, I'm the type of person. We'll revisit when it comes. Like I'm here now. My job allows me to be remote, something I needed. My job um, pays me a decent salary. So cool. Next thing you know, I have a meeting with my uh, manager the next week. We have meetings every week just to go over because I work remote. Your managers have to meet with you weekly just to check in. And at the end of our check-in, she was like, well, um, I want to let you know that we're promoting you. And I was like completely floored. And I instantly was like, oh my God, like, of course I was happy, but I was like, wow, I did not expect it at all. And I um, went through imposter syndrome because it's 20 other 20 to 25 people on my team. And I was like, why did they give it to me? Like, why? Like, I don't know. Like, not, I know I work hard. Like, I'm doing what I need to do. But I really didn't feel like I was the one that deserved it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way out of all these people, like, I was the one to deserve um, this um, promotion. But the thing was, was my personality. And a lot of times when I sat back and took inventory, and I tell you guys this, when it comes to finding your passion, just sit down and take inventory of your life. The thing that people gravitated you, sorry, tapping, <laughs> the things that um, people gravitated to you for in kindergarten is the thing that's going to get you that promotion at 30. The thing that made people love you as at one or two years old is going to be that thing that gets you your love or get you like it's. It follows you throughout life. When you see these celebrities and you see videos like when their parents are like, oh, yeah, she's been doing this one since she was two. Or you see these talk show hosts or Oprah. Like, you, y'all know I love Oprah. She'll tell her story like back when she was poor and her grandmother was raising her while being a, a, a housemaid. She was like, yeah, I used to be in church and I used to be the one that read the Bible, stand up out loud and teach everyone. It's, that's your it factor. And I was like, my personality has always been the thing that has helped me to some of the most greatest opportunities. And it always gave me imposter syndrome because we tell ourselves that this thing that's supposed to get us to the next step has to be this overly, the skill that we set down and practice or studied forever. Oh, I was in a piano school since I was 10. It's like this thing that we were supposed to put so much effort in and no, it's the thing that's just naturally in you. And I was like, what made my job promote me was because they're in the transition period is very uncomfortable for everyone. And not a lot of people deal well with change. And because my personality and just my, my outlook on everything, my perspective and how I just like naturally gravitated towards people, they promoted me because of that. She didn't say that. But when I sat back and looked at like everyone else and was like, Oh, they just like me. And that clicked for me because that's how I learned to kind of use that when I walk in rooms, like walking in rooms and not feeling like I belong or like, you know, being a first time college graduate. I'm like a, a child of immigrants. I grew up in the hood. I grew up the poorest of poorest. And I've been in rooms where I just feel like ugh, I do not belong. Like you, we instantly, my dad used to always say, I see everything but ourselves. We can see the great in other people. But with, when it comes to ourselves, we don't have that ability to really see what other people see in us. So a lot of times I really have to talk to myself and sit back and take inventory like, 
no, I belong here because X, Y, Z. So when people walk in with their money or their brain or their degrees, you have to walk in with your it factor, that passion, that thing that was like, well, my grandmother loved when I did this. Or when I was young, all my cousins said I was the best that. Or in my household, everyone, like, you know, you have to walk in with that and you have to kind of tie that to your soul when you go through life so that you, you're reminded that you do belong there. And imposter syndrome shouldn't be something that exists just because you get the things you get out of life for just organically being you. So that's my response when it comes to finding your passion. Your passion is not lost. It's something that's really within you. Um, another thing I want to talk, we talk more about passion, but I do want to talk about the nine to five, because like I said, in life, we have to remember that there's two parts of life. We're living in our spirit and we're living in our flesh. There's no skipping. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, oh, you can't pray to God. Like, oh God, I want money. God going to be like, go get a job. Like God didn't make the rules of earth. God made the rules to life. Um, I saw this quote that says, um, God made the world, God made the earth for us, but he made us for him. When it comes to matters of earth, if you can Google it, you can do it yourself. You don't have to pray about that. Don't waste time. You pray for the things of the spirit, the confidence you need, the, the, to pray away, whatever, the depression, the sadness, the things that affect your spirit. But when you think, when it comes to the things of the flesh, you can, you, the resources are here. You create earth. When I say you, I mean, man. The person who bleed, sleep, and shit like you created the rules that we are following. So it's like, it didn't hit me until I became 30 because, you know, in our 20s, we spend our whole life saying, like, 30 is the number. That's the it number that we're like, by 30, I'm going to be this. By 30, I need to be making that. By 30. And it's like 30 hit. And the only thing that clicked for me was, bro, just do it. I said I wanted to, oh, by 30, I want to make sure I'm at home with my daughter and I don't have to go into work. I just started looking for remote jobs. Like I used to think that meant I by 30, I got to be a millionaire and get a nanny and do no human beings. Our ability, um, our, our main ability is creativity and creativity is just not about arts and crafts and drawing. It's our, our mind, the ability to sit in today and literally create tomorrow. We're the only animal or species that can do that. If you're driving down the highway, you'll see 10, there's with their head knocked off. They'll literally watch one of their cousins walk out on the road and get hit and do the same thing. That's every animal. They don't have the ability to see a, see a situation, evaluate it, and say, okay, I'm going to do this different. We're the only species that can do that, which is why we sit here in 2022 and it's completely different from 2021. Because people plan that way and you can do that individually in your life. Like you can sit here and say, okay, what do I want? Not how how it's supposed to be. Pre-pandemic, if you told me, oh, I wanted to stay at home with my child, for me, that would have meant, oh, I got to find a way to be my own boss. Or I got to find a way to get rich so I don't got to go into work. And look at, we're here in 2022. Remote jobs is the thing. Everyone, with a degree, without a degree, you can go online and find a job that's going to pay you to sit at home with your kid and work simultaneously. So... Figuring out how to like navigate your nine to five to really give you your dream life, let alone your dream job, getting promoted, how to get promoted, be yourself. Like the rules are not what the rules used to be. You don't got a brown nose anymore. If you're good at what you do, and I always tell myself, if I can, if I have 10 fingers, 10 toes, and I can breathe, I'll figure it out. Go into these jobs and lie. Not a white, not a like a bold face lie. Like I won't apply to be no doctor. <laughs> 
Yeah, just a little small lie, right? Like, if I know, like, I'll nod it. Like, I lied when I got my job. It was like, okay, we're only remote for the pandemic. Are you willing to go into the office once we start? Yeah. Lie. <laughs> I got in. Then I figured out, okay, I'm here. When they start talking about going to the office, something got to give because I'm not trying to go back. And it, it happened for me. Like, I found a way to get remote. So sometimes you have to kind of stretch this truth. And know, and that comes with the confidence in yourself, knowing that, okay, I'm going to stress the truth because when I get in, I'm going to figure it out. Um, negotiating your salary, always find, if it's a job that you're comfortable at, and when I say comfortable, comfortable working. If it's a toxic work environment where you literally don't like the people there, get out. And how you get out is, what's tied to that job? Is it your bills? Reevaluate your bills. That toxic work environment I talked about in the beginning, um, once I didn't take that job with the... Um, that was going to decrease my salary, like the program coordinated job. I was like, all right, either they about to fire me or I'm going to quit, but I can't come here anymore. And I literally sat there with a notepad and a pen on my lunch break and literally wrote every single bill down, every single bill that I had. And at the time I knew how much I would make off of unemployment, which was literally a quarter of my salary at the time. So I was like, how do I get it where this unemployment, because I know I'm going to have to go on unemployment until I figure out my next move, is going to hold me over in this salary so I can leave this place or whatever. So I did that. There was an opportunity for me to get rid of my lease. My lease was coming up. I had the choice of even either keeping the car and continue making payments or just end my lease because the three-year was up. I ended my lease. And at the time, I was saying, like, all right, well, the only time I really need my car is to really take my daughter to the doctor, grocery store. I can borrow a car. I have a, I have a brother who will let me use his car. I was just really cutting corners wherever I could. And honestly, it worked out. I actually ended up, we made an agreement for me to leave. They gave me a severance package. And that held me over until my next gig. But if you really want to leave a toxic work environment, one, you should leave a toxic work environment. People, they always try to, you know, HR, they have these meetings where they're like, oh, okay, if you're experiencing harassment, you can come here. It's a lie. You go to HR, they're just going to figure out a way for you not to sue them. Or they're going to figure out a way to get you out of there. Okay? That's what they were trying to do. Because it's like, once you got a case against them, they ain't helping you. They're going to help you get out so you don't be a liability for them. Especially if you going and dropping real bars like, oh, my manager says some racist stuff to me, and this this director is a, like has too much in on them or whatever for them to make them quit. Or as a director, it's harder to fill the role of a director than it is a coordinator. So it's like you telling me my director is racist to you. It's gonna cost us mad money if we fire her, and you just a little coordinator. We got college students every day trying to apply for this job. They are gonna find a way to get rid of you. So I would just say leave or <laughs> start making your plan now financially to leave. Um, and that goes for the quitting your job to for your dreams. If that's your situation where you put yourself in a financially decent position to do that, the whole going broke story, <laughs> the whole going broke and um, living on a bench, it sounds good in the movies. I'm going to be real. I don't know. Maybe I'll need to have a guest on the show who actually did that to tell me otherwise. But I had a friend who I was saying, like, it was a time I wanted to move to L.A. And I was like, All right, I want to move to L.A., but I want to find a job that's going to pay me X amount of dollars. Because if I move, I'll be moving with my child. And I need to make sure I have cushion because I don't know anybody in L.A. So I just if I'm going to do something, I don't want to have to backtrack or whatever. And she was like, 
Girl, why you don't need that much money? Look at this story. Look at Taraji's story. Look at, they went with $500. Yeah, no. I know me. My passion no longer matters when depression kicks in. Brokenness makes me depressed. Not being able to feed my child makes me depressed. Having to go back home and say, hey, I felt depression, okay? My passion no longer matters when depression is there. So it's like knowing myself, I cannot operate in my best self and create the best opportunities within myself if my present moment is not at least comfortable for me. It don't have to be comfortable. Like nowadays, y'all make comfort designer Gucci. No, I just need to be comfortable. Like I, I, I always say, I know I'm not in the path that I'm supposed to be if I'm going backwards or if I'm like, I don't know what to use it. Like when things are not working out, if that makes any sense. Like I always know, like if I do something, no matter how great the risk is, when it's when I'm able to see the top of the mountain versus looking back and I'm rolling back down, I know I'm on the right path. So going to another state at that time, moving to LA and going broke was not going to be me seeing the top of the mountain. So um, quitting your job to follow your dreams, honestly, set yourself up to be able to be your comfortable self. And if you don't have kids, comfort for you could be, I'm going to go up there and live in a hostel or follow, follow my dreams means sleeping on my cousin's couch. That's cool. Don't, don't, I'm not saying create a standard based on society. If, if I didn't have a kid and I had a chance to go to um, LA or follow my dreams and it meant me sleeping on someone's couch, me by myself, that's comfort. I sleep on the couch for my passion. Would I sleep on a, someone's couch with my child? No. At that point, my level of comfort has changed now that I'm a mother. So decide what your level of comfort is. And then make your decisions and set yourself up for that to be able to leave your job. Um, I feel like I covered most of the topic when it comes to nine to five, yeah. right? Yeah. Versus your passion. Um, oh, yeah. We're right <laughs> on the end. So, yeah, I want to thank you guys first for joining this episode. I want to give a shout out first. Let me get my phone. Um, I realized I didn't write it down here. So... I just discovered, and please forgive me, guys, because I never used to go on my Apple podcast a lot, and I realized that you guys have been leaving reviews, so I want to definitely start shouting one or two people out who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts. I want to encourage you guys to continue to leave reviews on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, because that's what bring about more listeners. I'm so mad I can't find this one person Um that wrote me because I went on a social media fast. And when I logged back in, I had a DM from a new follower. And she was like, I came across your podcast. And this is when I was recording my podcast and not promoting it. So unless you were a subscriber or a friend told you to listen, you didn't really get it from my actual Instagram when I used to actually pro post the promos up. She was like, I came across your podcast. You're like my best friend in my head. I really love listening to you. And it really made me feel great because one, it was at the one of my inconsistent moments where I really just didn't have the, not the energy, but the confidence to continue on with my podcast. So I want to start shouting you guys out because you guys make it possible for me to continue to do what I am doing now. And as soon as, okay. So this is coming from Ghanaian Princess. She wrote, girl, I love your podcast. You're my friend in my head. I just wish Allah will continue to bless you and your family. You've definitely blessed me with your wisdom, praying for your wealth, health, and happiness for your life. 
Thank you so much. I really love these reviews. I really encourage you guys to send it, not only because it makes me feel great, but I think it really um, helps other people because you guys clearly are not just listening. You're sharing the podcast and you're sending it to people who you feel like needs to listen. So I really, really, really appreciate it. And I would love, would love to have you, Ghanaian Princess, on the show. Maybe join us on our Zooms when we start that up. Um, otherwise, please follow the Instagram. Ask Hadi, the voice of reason, is on Instagram, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast, because it's on Spotify and it's on Stitcher and all the other stuff. All right, we're done. That's my girl, Kadi C, the friend that cares more about your growth than your feelings.